Okay. Um, so my name is Shelby Salazar, and for those on the recording and here that do not know who I am, uh, I'm going to, or some of my story, I'm going to go on ahead and just sum it up. So I did not grow up in church. I did not grow up in a religious household. Uh, a friend of mine that was an atheist, she got radically saved in her kitchen, and I saw this dramatic change happen with her where she was wanting to give things away, and it was just incredible. So um, I just kind of shuffled along next to her. Uh, her aunt scooped her up and said, hey, no, uh, you had a radical encounter with God. And um, so then we went to a few different revivals. And I think it was maybe January of 2014 is whenever I attended a church service and, and really thought, okay, yeah, this God thing, this isn't so bad. And it was a revival. So I'm learning, you know, from the I guess the, the basics of it, I completely, the whole idea of who God is and the message, you know, the, the word, it was all completely different in my head, uh, just from what I did grow up hearing. So anyway, I got planted here at Winter's Church, and then some folks remember me whenever I first started coming uh, to church, which I had half my head shaved, some uh, piercings in my face. I wore sweatpants and two chains t-shirts. And I only point that out because the two chains t-shirt that I wore regularly, I was reflecting and it was actually fairly inappropriate. And I don't know why no one was like, hey, you probably shouldn't wear that outside the comfort of your home. But I just, I throw that in there that whole spill of just how I used to come to church. So that way you can know that I legitimately came as I was and learned. And over that time frame, as I continued to show up and continued to show up, things that things just started changing within me. It's not necessarily that, you know, I preferred wearing jeans over sweatpants or a dress over sweatpants, but I started kind of caring for myself and, um, and respecting myself, which is the next part that I'm going to kind of go into. So some of the things uh, that the Lord has delivered me from within the past almost 10 years, uh, one of the things is the poverty mentality. Second thing would be self-worth and my sense of uh, purpose. I was diagnosed at 18 with an autoimmune disorder. And then I also suffered a close loss, which um, helped me to learn how to cope with grief, uh, biblically and a broken heart. So those are probably the four primary things that I have been healed of and received revelation over just within the past, you know, so many years. Something that I was thinking about today while I was trying to figure out what it was I needed to share, what the Lord wanted to share. I got taken to Proverbs 4.20. So Jess, is it up? There we go. Okay. Dear friend, listen well to my words. Tune your ears to my voice. Keep my message in plain view at all times. Concentrate Learn it by heart. Those who discover these words live, really live. Body and soul, they're bursting with health. Keep vigilant. Watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. 
Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Watch your step, and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither right nor left. Leave evil in the dust. So that's in the message, the, the message version. And I love that because that literally sounds like as if I were to be saying it. Exactly. It's, it's very straightforward. Um, if we go to the beginning, to the very first verse. Okay. So reading that, listen well to my words, tune your ears to my voice. Keep my message in plain view at all times. Concentrate, learn it by heart. Those who discover these words live, really live. Body and soul, they're bursting with health. The importance of that. When I read that, I thought, wow, okay, this section just in its own, this Proverbs 4.20 in its own, that is where I was first delivered with self-worth and purpose because I used to think that I was nothing and I thought that no man wanted me. I thought that my parents were settled with me. I just, I, I knew I was funny. I could look pretty when I wanted to and I was just a very real individual. So I thought I had those things going for me but I didn't really think highly of myself at all. So as I continued going to church and over time, hearing God's word and holding these things and these principles that I was learning and I was holding them close to my heart and I was starting to, God started to, I mean, with every tear and shriek cry that I would do during praise and worship, God was pulling out all those things that I had been told I was over the years and just stripping that from me. And it would all, it would try and come back, of course, throughout different life circumstances where okay, well, here I am, I'm single and I'm alone now. And, you know, well, it's probably because you look like this or whatnot, but I had to remind myself of what God said I was. And I had to make all of this, the, the, the supernatural manifested healing, the biggest one, air quotes, of the autoimmune disorder that I'll get to, I had to get past I had to be healed of my self-worth issue first. It had to happen in, I had to learn it by my heart. I had to hold it close to me. So that way I could know who it was that I needed to link up with to have this supernatural healing. I mentioned in there that I also was delivered from a poverty mentality. When I say poverty mentality, well, I grew up, my, my parents were more so frugal. I really didn't get new shoes unless I wore the shoes out, you know? There wasn't really a need for that. So once I started going to church and I'm hearing about supernatural increase and some people having like six pairs of shoes, I didn't fully understand that. But once I started understanding who God is and his relation to me and how he sees me and the idea that if I want something, I can really have it. I just needed to start manifesting my world to accommodate as to what God was telling me, what all was mine. And these are the stuff I'm kind of rambling with and talking about now. These are all messages that you may have already heard before here because they're preached, well, with good reason. They clearly stuck with me. 
over time, right? So with God, in this very in the very beginning, I was able to learn who I was and learn God's relation to me. And I was able to speak that over my life, over my circumstances. And I saw huge increase in my life. I got promotions, I got bonuses. I was super successful and things were really working out in my favor, comma. I had been battling with an autoimmune disorder since I was 18. And I met God whenever I was 19 or 20. So some, there came a time, what, what this autoimmune um, disorder is called uticarial vasculitis. And only a handful of people at that time had it. And what would happen is my whole body would get covered in hives. And they would be in my mouth and all over my face and my entire body. And my joints would lock up. And I couldn't walk and I couldn't breathe. And no one could figure out what was wrong with me. And it was about three months in that I finally told my mom and the, um, the doctor at the time, if you don't find out what's wrong with me, like I'm going to kill myself. I'm to that point. Um, and at this time I also didn't know the Lord. Uh, they sent me to a specialist. They take me off all of this, um, Benadryl allergy medicines that were helping me. And I had to be on forget the name of the drug. Anyway, it's some kind of drug where I missed like two days of my life, but I don't know. Anyway, they do a few skin biopsies and they figure out that that's what it is. So in order for me to not be covered in hives and in order for me to be able to walk and to breathe and move my body, I had to be on some different medications. And these medications, a lot of the time, since it's a, an autoimmune, is your immune system overreacting and attacking itself. I needed medication that was going to keep my immune system from seeing myself as a threat. So for years, I was having to take uh, medications that were given to people receiving organs. So, you know, you receive an organ, you're, you, people don't want the immune system to see that as foreign. So these individuals have to take that medicine. So there I was having to take these medications and with, with the doctor, they would say, do not get pregnant. Do not, if you get pregnant on this medication, it will not be good. It will not be good for you. It will not be good for the baby and so on. Well, these medications would only work for like maybe eight months, maybe a year. And then I would get covered in hives again and um, we would have to switch me to a different medication. So I think this last time I had been on my third different medication. And this last time I was married to Eric. So this was 20, you know, 17, 2017, end of 2016, something like that. I don't know. Around that time, I had been going to church long enough that I'm sitting in the pew covered in hives and I'm livid. I've been going to church long enough <laughs> saying, if I declare the word of God, you know, I'm reaching out to Hilda. Hey, will you send me a list of healing scriptures? I'm texting Rhonda. Hey, Rhonda, will you be in agreement with me? And I am just covered in hives, just miserable. But I'm trying to, you know, do what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> um, what I think happened 
what I think happened for me is I went on ahead and I started writing healing scriptures on my mirror. So that way every morning when I woke up and I eventually looked at myself and sometimes I would wake up and the whole right side of my face would be swollen and like have a huge hive on it or something. And I would just declare those things. And I had to declare them enough to where I believed them. But then not only declaring them to where I believed them, but to where even if I looked at myself and I was covered in hives, I wasn't like, oh man, I'm covered in hives. Instead, I looked at myself and I just read what I had wrote because it was, it's the truth. And I stopped saying my autoimmune disorder. And I don't know if you notice, but I say the autoimmune disorder. And that's whenever I think I was really able to say, okay, I think I'm serious about this because I'm changing my verbiage. I'm changing my daily life with, by saying, I, I'm, I'm cursing all these generational curses. That was another thing that had come to me. Like my mom had autoimmune and I say had, she doesn't like, walk around saying she's healed from Crohn's or anything but I mean in my mind she doesn't have Crohn's you know you see where I'm going here so and of course I had two um I have two daughters they say through science and I am I worked in the medical field and I grew up in it and so I mean it's a lot of the times it's pretty factual stuff you know you just got to make sure it lines up with scripture but that's a whole different avenue so anyway um you know I need to make sure I've been I I really am being diligent about ensuring that my children don't have to turn 18 or have some kind of trauma happen to their body that onsets a genetic disposition for an autoimmune that might have been passed because that's the, uh, you know, research behind it is that it's a passed on, you know, gene and primarily in females. So that's a fun fact. So if there's any kind of autoimmune issue within you, I highly recommend that you begin breaking that curse going forward because that, that I think is where I started. Breaking the curse, changing the name, not claiming it. And even if I saw a huge hive or there were pictures where my lips were, I mean, just unbelievably large. I wouldn't be like, oh, you see a current hive. I would just go about my day and it was just the craziest thing. But it all ended up paying off because I now have two kids and, you know, I wasn't supposed to be able to do any of that. So um, what... What I ended up doing is I had to, let's see. So here's, here's something that I wrote. So I found the definition of broken. And so broken, fractured, damaged, no longer in one piece or in working order. For a person, it says giving up all hope, despairing. So what parts in my life were fractured or damaged? and no longer working. Okay, so I knew my immune system wasn't working. And if we even want to, let's look back at the self-worth. Well, I knew that I had no respect for myself whenever it came to relationships. I had, I didn't, I didn't tend to myself because I was always changing my hair, doing something because I was never just pleased with being okay who I saw. 
Um, and so I had to identify what was broken. So that was my first thing, identify what was broken. Then I had the healing process, which is the process of making or becoming sound or healthy again. So in that healing process, that's whenever I had to start working in scripture in it and tugging on other members of the church who I know who had been through a few things and had experienced healing. That's whenever I had to start envisioning myself as healed. I had to start seeing the cells in my body no longer attacking the cells in my body. I had to start really manifesting that vision of health, which health is a state of being free from illness or injury. Uh, for person, uh, it says mental or physical condition. So to be in a state of being free from that. I wanted to say that when I had mentioned on here being delivered from the uh, poverty mentality and the uh, self-worth, those weren't actual physical illnesses, but you know, that's mental. I mean, that counts as like a mental illness. My mind was technically fractured, damaged. It, it wasn't in working order. You know, I wasn't seeing myself the way I was supposed to. Now, when it comes to grief or a broken heart. So once again, a little bit of feedback for anyone listening to the recording that knows minimal to nothing about me. I had a brother that was four years younger than me. We grew up super close. We were best friends. Um, he was my younger brother, so he's been my responsibility. He was my responsibility for like 22 years. No pressure on a four-year-old. So... Um, he, I mean, him and I, we planned our whole life together as far as, you know, okay, we're going to save up money and we're going to build mom and dad a house so we can get out of the trailer and we're going to do this. And when you get married and our kids and it was all this stuff, well, when uh, he was 22, he was working a few different, um, he was working two jobs and he was dead in his room of our childhood home with my parents. So his friend had brought over a pill and it was laced with a lethal dose of fentanyl and it killed him. So that friend unknowingly who was very successful also, he passed away that night at like 10 p.m. and then my brother obviously didn't know his friend was dead and then my brother took it probably around 1 a.m. and died. Um, so as you can imagine, that was absolutely devastating to me. And from the time I pulled up, I was driving to my parents' house waiting for my mom to call me back to tell me if she found Ty and if he was okay, I had already just, it was just incredible with the Lord. Because I will tell you guys right now, I never did any hard drugs growing up. You know, hard drugs. Everybody's opinion's different. But I never, like, you weren't going to see me at a crack house. I never, like, missed work because I was too high. Like, nothing like that. Um, but at the time, I had a four-month-old and a husband. And my best friend just died. And it was so traumatic. And my dad pulls up to the house. This is on a Monday, at like 1030 in the morning. My dad pulls up to the house. He like buckles on the ground. You're seeing like this grown man who you thought was like invincible. And he's like sobbing. And you're just like, okay, 
You know, there were so many times during that process that I wanted to go home and just tell my husband, here is the baby, take care of her, great job, I'll be right back, and then drive to Dallas. I know I have no one in Dallas. I know no one there. Drive to Dallas, get drunk, get a hotel. I don't know, but I just wanted to go away. As, and, and this is the other thing that sucked. I thought about what I'd do in Dallas, and then I just know that I would eventually have to come back Hold on, then I got to come back and then rekindle things with my husband, start taking care of the kid again. It was just like, okay. At this point, it was 2020, so I had been doing the God walk for six years. I felt the presence of the Lord and I clung to him because I knew that if I let go at all, I was going to completely, I was going to lose everything in all aspects of the term lose everything. So... You know, during this time, and the Lord is still working on it, it's 2023, he, he has healed a broken heart, a grieving broken heart to, a, to such a degree that now I have a nonprofit and I can publicly go and speak and, and, and provide uh, resources and bring awareness to fentanyl poisoning and overdose prevention and all these things. Something that... You, you know, some people, they've lost somebody and it's been 12 years and they still can't even mention the fact that somebody passed away, you know, and it's just been incredible. And that's something that the healing of the heart, I debated on if that's what God wanted me to talk about tonight, to be honest, because I learned so much during that whole experience, but I just didn't feel that that was it. So here we are. Back to the notes. What I started thinking is once I leave here, I thought, okay, what do the people need to leave and say, I pulled something, I pulled this away from what Shelby said tonight. Okay, so you need to find your injury. So that's gonna be the first thing. Find your injury. What part of you is fractured, damaged, or no longer in one piece or in working order? Make that list. Make that list of things that are no longer working. Now you need to focus on the healing part of it. Process of making or becoming sound or healthy again. Back over here to the Proverbs 4.20, where it says, keep my message in plain view at all times. Concentrate, learn it by heart. Those who discover these words live, really live body and soul, they're bursting with health. What I had heard Kenneth Hagin say is that Jesus was sent so that we could live life more abundantly. And whenever it comes to, you know, healing um, scriptures, we always talk about declaring, declaring the word itself, talking about, you know, Jesus uh, we plead the blood of Jesus and all these things. Well, if you really think about it, Jesus is Jesus is the Word. That whole His whole life, His whole purpose of being here, is to help us make this life more than bearable. Right? It's to make this life. We'll say livable to 
really live. <laughs> Once again, back to the scripture to make this life really live. So Jesus is the word. So take that whenever you're thinking about your healing process and you start getting into the word and you're speaking the word. And there are so many people within this congregation that are so knowledgeable on the word of healing and on healing scriptures that you could reach out to nearly anyone and they're gonna give you a list as to which I did not provide today. Now, the, the third step on this would be your health maintenance. So your health maintenance, we're gonna go with the definition of health, which is state of being free from illness or injury. So once I, I with the autoimmune, for example, I went and saw a rheumatologist, an autoimmune specialist. I told her, I said, hey, I did some reading. There is this autoimmune reversal diet, which is basically, um, what is it that the cavemen did? I almost said polio, that's wrong, it's paleo. Yeah, it's basically like the paleo diet, but you like literally kill a chicken with your bare hands and like boil it yourself or something. So I did that. <laughs> So I did that. I was like, if the cavemen didn't need it, neither do I. Um, so I asked the doctor, I said, hey, I'm looking to get off this medication and um, do this diet. Is that cool with you? And if you have any kind of you know, history with physicians and running into different doctors, normally they say that's a horrible idea. I highly discourage. She said, yeah, that's totally fine. Call me if you need anything. And I was like, wow, you're perfect. So... That's exactly what I did. I got off all of those organ donor medications and drank bone broth. And I got pregnant lickety split. I sure did. And then I, and then I got pregnant lickety split again. Now I'm taking a break. But anyway, uh, it was, I, I used that wisdom to step out in faith, right? Because I didn't, I felt like the way the human body is orchestrated, something as far as autoimmune, I felt it was um, a generational curse. And I felt as it was something that I started identifying myself as because I had lived with it for so long. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I started just breaking all of those things. Back to the list, back to the list. Um, so no matter what it is, and even if it's currently something that I am currently at this very moment working through as far as healing goes is um, anxiety, 1,000%, like anxiety panic attacks. So that's just a fun fact if anybody thinks that just because I'm teaching healing room, I'm not still working on healing through some things. And, you know, that kind of stuff is mental, you know? I mean, that... I'm discovering it to be extremely difficult to calm your mind down. And I cannot wait till I fully can get up here and that will 1000% be what I speak on the next time. Um, another thing that I actually haven't told uh, really anybody just because it's kind of always just in the back of my mind. My goal is to try and be medica medication free apart from like maybe a daily vitamin. Um, since I was 12, whenever I was 12, I had a seizure for the first time. And then they said, well, everyone normally has like one seizure in their life. Okay. 
Uh, and they were like, so this could be your one. Well, then like a few weeks or a month later, I had another one. So since I was 12, I've been on a very large dose of seizure medication. And I am now 30. <laughs> so I have been just juiced up with all this seizure medication for all those years. That was another thing. I forgot to write it down, but whenever I got on medication, um, my mom, I'm 12, so my mom made sure, like, you know, could she have um, have children on these medications? Let's try and put her on a medication that's going to be, you know, air quotes, safe. And um, so they did, you know, the best that they could with that. And however, the seizure medicine did play into a role as far as carrying a baby because they were like, well, and you've been on this medication for a long time. And um, these are safe for pregnancy. However, you're now even more high risk than you were before because you could have an epileptic seizure at any time. And so I haven't had a seizure now for like over 10 years. So it's been, yeah, amen. It's been since I think 2010. Yeah, it's been good. So now I don't have to like send in paperwork to the Department of Transportation because you have to do that. They will, they will get you but anyway, so that's another thing that I'm trying to believe in. I'm really moment of truth, and I'm giving myself grace on this. I am not trying to hurry that one along because they're, the idea of not being physically dependent on a medication for something like that, I'm not going to tell myself that I'm weak for not wanting to do that right now. I'm not going to be harsh on myself for saying that that's not, that's not a broken or a fractured area that I'm not willing to fix. I want to fix it. Just right now, that's not at the top of my priority. So the last three things, I will reiterate the last three things and then read the scripture and then that will close me out. But my last three things, find your injury, begin your healing, which is your work through Jesus, through scripture, and then keep your health maintenance. So even um, to this day, I think it was maybe the middle of July, I got strep. Wow, wow. I was, and I was so upset, literally crying because I didn't even have, it really, sickness will really let you know where you're at with your faith, you know? And I was laying in my bed, sobbing, debating on if I needed to take myself to the ER. I had no, no idea. And, and I thought, wow, here I am. That's, that's how strong I am in faith. I couldn't even, I wasn't even like speaking to the sickness anymore. I was just like, someone medicate me. I'm like offering to pay Eric money to like feel bad for me or something. I'm like calling my mom. My mom's like, do whatever you need to do. I'm like, wow, you don't sound very concerned. You know, it was like, I was in a bad way. So that's kind of whenever I woke back up and I was like, I need to hop back on the horse. I got to get back on my, my maintenance because I haven't been that sick in a minute. Your girl was not good. So now we take it to the verse and we will read it. Dear friend, listen well to my words, tune your ears to my voice. Keep my message in plain view at all times. Concentrate Learn it by heart. Those who discover these words live, really live. Body and soul, they're bursting with health. Keep vigilant, watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. 
Watch your step and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither right nor left. Leave evil in the dust. And you know, as I read that, something that, uh, that really just kind of stuck out to me, as far as don't talk out of both sides of your mouth, you know, I feel like a lot of the times we can read that scripture and we can think that that's just God saying, but if you really want to be healed, you shouldn't sin at all. But I think what that scripture is, that portion there is just talking about um, distraction. Because if you're being, dis if you're distracting your time and your focus on talking out of both sides of your mouth, doing all these different things, then you're not, you're not being vigilant over your heart. You're not keeping your eyes towards Jesus. You're not focusing on the word and walking that out. Same thing with that bottom, the bottom part of the scripture. Watch your step. The road will stretch out smooth. So you're going to go through trial. You're going to get stretched out. It might get tough. So when it does, don't act surprised because it might get tough. And then look neither right nor left. So don't think this road is stretching smooth. So I need to get away from here. Leave evil in the dust because you're trying to look for another way out. No, keep riding it. Keep walking it out. And that will kind of be my finished, my little conclusion my, my ending, it took me probably, a f it took me a few years till all of this really sunk in and I saw the manifestation of it and I got off all medication and I, I'm, I don't do polio now. Wait, paleo. <laughs> I don't do paleo now. I eat pizza. I eat things the cavemen did not eat. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm still... I'm not covered in hives. I'm still good, you know. So anyway, I, uh, I, I turn that over. Would any individuals like prayer for healing?